This is Father Kevin Hale with a homily for the third Sunday of Easter, the 26th of April. Those of us old enough to remember what life was like before the use of sat-nav will perhaps remember those tetchy exchanges between driver and co-pilot when navigating to unknown destinations. There have often been occasions when I've been delayed or taken a wrong route and decided that to avoid the embarrassment of a late arrival or arriving in a state of nervous collapse, the best thing to do would be to go back home. It may not be the most popular thing to say nowadays, but a great deal of so-called progress has brought us no further forward to the goal of our lives. C.S. Lewis once put it like this, We all want progress, but if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. And that is what we see in the two disciples on the road to Emmaus doing. This lovely story following the resurrection, is read several times in the course of the liturgical year, and it is a touching and captivating account of how Jesus appears to them. They're going to Emmaus, which we think may have been a Roman garrison. Whatever it was, it was in the opposite direction to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was the centre of sacrifice. So they're going in the wrong direction, They're fleeing, moving, if you like, to a rival centre of power. And we're meant to identify with these two disciples, because we all tend to walk in the wrong way, either away from self-sacrificing love or whatever it is that is central. They're seeking security in Emmaus, not Jerusalem. And whether it be for us, power or honour or wealth, whatever it is that makes us feel secure, falsely secure, we are walking towards Emmaus and away from Jerusalem, the centre and the place of a life of sacrifice. Jesus comes and walks with them, which is a lovely thought, that we don't have a God who waits for us, but he comes looking for us and walking with us. The whole of the Bible is about this quest, God seeking us out. Even when we're walking the wrong way, he comes and meets us and walks with us. Now, you might be wondering, as I have done in the past, why they didn't recognise Jesus. It's a point that's made in other appearances after the resurrection. They failed to recognise Jesus because they're walking the wrong way. And the way we think and the way we speak have a lot to do with the way we walk. If you're walking the wrong way, you're not going to understand. So with a faux innocence, Jesus asks, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stop, and that's good because it makes them, and it makes us, think about where we're going. When he has explained everything to them and make sure that they've got it clearly, all that's been said about him in the scriptures from the beginning, 
Then he's able to go in with them and do the breaking of bread, to do the very thing that personifies and perpetuates the act of his self-sacrificing love, the Eucharistic sacrifice. That same sacrifice, first done in Jerusalem, is at the very centre of what we do here daily, the very heart of all true faith and true religion. The centre and the origin of our Christian joy and optimism is the weekly offering of the Eucharistic sacrifice. It was there at that moment when the disciples encountered the risen Jesus first and foremost, and it is also our definitive meeting with him. Without this meeting, we cannot be what we are, or what we have been made for, or what gives life its meaning at its deepest level. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus are a model for us in the way that we approach Jesus, especially in the Mass. The whole scene is one of despondency to begin with. They're fearful. They're lacking joy and optimism. They're weighed down by their anxieties. Don't we feel like that too these days? Don't we often come to Mass like them, so conscious of what's filling our lives that we don't hear, or we've become so used to hearing that we don't absorb it, so used to the mystery that we aren't moved by it. The Gospel says they were awestruck as their eyes were opened. And we too can be, and ought to be awestruck. It's what St John Paul II says should be a sense of Eucharistic amazement within us. What exactly is it that we should be amazed at? It's the fact of our debt being written off, like a rich relative or friend who comes along and writes out the cheque that is the solution to all our financial problems. We look on awestruck. The redemption is just that. Christ has paid the price and written off the debt of the sins of mankind. And each week that redemption is replayed for us as the Mass unfolds that event. Jesus comes alongside us, speaks to us, the scriptures are opened to us, our hearts burn within us and transfixed. We listen and look on, like those two disciples at the table in Emmaus. Our response is simple. Jesus doesn't ask us for much, so long as we can say, remain with us, for it is dark and it is night outside. We can say this with real meaning at this time, because we know firsthand the darkness that has enveloped many of our lives, the fear that many feel, and the temptation that we have to walk in the opposite direction. When the two eventually returned to Jerusalem to tell the others that Jesus was alive, they would have found Mary there, and they gathered around her for strength. As we approach her month of May, we ask her to remain with us too and to draw us in closer to her son, who is the living bread of life. Let us pray. May your people exalt forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the restored glory of our adoption, we may look forward in confident hope to the rejoicing of the day of resurrection, through Christ our Lord. Amen.